comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always this is Abe, what's up? Out now is a film podcast which is Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in the discussion about latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the main film of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode 68 and the main film of the week we're discussing is Total Recall, the new remake of the 1990 Paul Verhoeven Total Recall, the new one starring Colin Farrell and directed by Len Wiseman. And joining us to discuss Total Recall, we have writer for the VHS Diaries, Mr. DVD himself, the three-breasted Alan Aguilera. How did you know about my third breast? Oh, me and Scaramanga talk behind your back. Uh, Bond joke. Uh, writer for, also with us, writer for Damn Dirty Blog, and the man who at one time had his eyes burst out of his skull due to a lack of air, Jordan Grout. Oh, yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Jordan. Great to have you, guys. Great to have oh. both of you. Always. It always is. Um, let's, okay, let's just let's get into this. I got some announcements here. Uh, first up, step up. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to bring up Step Up again because we haven't done so so much already in the past few weeks. Um, last week, we had a dual dose of Step Up episodes related to the Out Now podcast. The first one was our Step Up Revolution episode with uh, comedian Christian Spicer. And that was a lot of fun. That was a lot we of fun. We got some good responses on that one. Yeah, we did. It was a quite a popular episode. Um, also, we made podcasting history two days later when we released our Step Up commentary. And for those who may have skipped that for whatever reason, probably because it was called Step Up Commentary, um, Jordan, Abe, or not Abe, yeah, I wasn't there. Jordan, Alan, myself, and of course, Tall Ken, we all watched all the three first Step Up movies simultaneously in different locations and recorded one master commentary. So that's out right now. That's That's podcasting history made. So uh, if you want if you want to be a part of history, go check out that that bar, that barrel of fun that we made. So, which was not a, not an easy thing to do, by the way. Also, we had some difficulty recording that episode, but uh, yeah, that's out there. So there. That was more about coulda instead of shoulda. <laughs> exactly, but we did a that's for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else we have? Uh, iTunes reviews and ratings. Always good to get those. Happy to. Uh, to have those, how it helps out the show, easy to do. Log on iTunes, takes a couple seconds, give a star rating to our to our shows, maybe even a sentence. Helps everything out. It's cool. So be you know welcome to have. Uh, what else? We have a new. Oh, I have a contest. I, uh, we have a Total Recall contest. Of course, with this new Total Recall coming out, what better thing to do than have a contest related to Total Recall in some way? So I have a DVD copy of Total Recall, the original 1990 Total Recall of Arnold Schwarzenegger on Blu-ray, and um, Blu-ray copy Blu-ray. of it. So. Here, yeah, I know. Just give, giving away the big prizes. That's how I roll. <laughs> here is here is the uh, the contest. All you have. Are to- guests eligible? 
guests are not eligible, nor are previous winners of contests that we've had. Well, thank you guys. I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs> but the, con- the contest is incredibly simply simple for those who want to participate that haven't won something in the past from us already. It is just uh, name your favorite Philip K. Dick adaptation. Philip K. Dick, of course, wrote total- the original story that's Total Recall's based on, and there have been several movies that have been based on works by the Philip K. Dick, including Blade Runner, Total Recall, of course, Screamers, Imposter, Minority Report, Paycheck, I'll Whoever has paycheck as an answer is hilarious to me. Uh, Scanner Darkly, next. <laughs> same, same thing applies to next. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau, and of course, this new Total Recall. So, you know, anyone, you know, that wants to write in what their favorite Philip K. adaptation was, and maybe, I don't know, a sentence why would be helpful as well. You know, you could win a copy of Total Recall on Blu-ray. So, very simple to do. Uh, you know, outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Write in, and you, know, you could possibly win. Sounds like a good concept, you have a, right? You have in. a strong chance of, of winning, actually, if you write in. Yeah, so write in as place. soon as you can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> trying to raise the stakes right. here, Jordan. Round <laughs> <laughs> the cattle. Right, so let's, let's, let's get into it. Let's get, let's get into it. Let's get to know everybody. Where each week we ask each other a few questions to kind of set the tone for the podcast. <laughs> we better get to know everybody. So let's... Uh, uh, Alan. If you could choose to be in the United Federation of Britain or be Asian in the colony, which would you choose? Oh, the Asian in the colony. <laughs> You're not Alan. Hands down. I mean, come on. <laughs> Did you see the movie? <laughs> they were awesome. I like how I like how Alan is not Jordan. I think we should go the rest of the show that way. I'm so happy. So, so who asked the next question? Would it be Jordan? <laughs> yeah, it'd be Jordan. <laughs> because it'd be Jordan then. <laughs> Okay, well, let me go. Okay. So, Jordan, do you think that it's a coincidence that the Curiosity Mars rover landed on Mars the opening weekend of Total Recall? Or do you think NASA knew that this remake was not going to be on Mars? Oh, they knew. However, I hope they find the uh, $200 million that John Carter lost. On Mars. (laughs) On Mars. Okay. Hey, what film would you like to see uh, remade? Any film? Good question. If I could interject, I would say I would say Total Recall again, but we can get to that later. We will. But I was thinking. I have one. Yeah, can I chime in? Yeah. Cowboys and Aliens. That's okay. a good premise. They could have fixed that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. How hilarious would it be if they actually remade a film that just flopped like a year ago? And they're like, here's the remake. Just you forgot that it was made. It's, it's not like a, it's not a sequel. It has no one involved with the original. It's just a direct. It's just a straight up remake. Isn't that what they did with Punisher Warzone? No, that's like a tech. I mean, no, it's not. It's well, it's done the same way Incredible Hulk is, where it's like it's not like oh. a direct sequel, but it's not like it's not completely. It's not necessarily completely distanced from the original either. It's just oh, kind okay. of like skipping ahead. Aaron. <laughs> If your wife yeah. was in a movie that you were directing, how many ass shots would you have of her? <laughs> yeah, Kate Beckinsale looked quite attractive in this movie for having her husband directing her. Um, I'm gonna, let's see, how many? I think six is a good number. Alan, what Philip K. Dick adaptation would you like to have seen Arnold star in? Narnia? No, um, I don't think he really worked in much of anything else. I wouldn't want to see him as... You would want to see him in Scanner Darkly as Keanu Reeves' character? <laughs> Who's the female lead in Scanner Darkly? Was it Winona? Winona, yeah. Yeah, I want Arnold in that role. (laughs) I'm just picturing like how big the rotoscoping would be on Arnold versus everyone else in that movie. Okay, 
Abe. Yes. Well, are you more upset that Arnold didn't make a cameo in this or that Sharon Stone didn't make a cameo in the new Total Recall film? As the three breasts. <laughs> that would have been saggy breasts. Her head was one of the breasts. That would have been delightful. The third breast was a picture of Sharon Stone's face. Uh, I'm glad that Arnold didn't make a uh, cameo in this. Although it would have been cool to see like Michael Ironside. See, that would have yeah. been cool. But uh, if between the two, I'd probably say I'd probably want to see Sharon Stone in because Arnold would just be like ridiculous over the top. Then I guess we'll get to an Ethan like, Hawke how, segment later. Like, how cool would it have been if, like, Michael Ironside was just the same role as... That's what I was thinking, too! Yeah, like, oh, it'd be awesome. He just, like, comes up and he's like, oh, it's Michael Ironside being Michael Ironside from Total Recall. Back. <laughs> uh, this is for everyone. In general, what do you think of, of remakes? Are you against them? Do you not mind them? Are you indifferent? I don't mind them if the, if it, if the idea is right. Like, I thought Total Recall is a good, good idea for a remake. That's a good story. It's a good premise. And, you know, technology's changed and stuff. So I figured it'd be a good... It's a good candidate for movies that could be remade. And that goes the same with any movie that I like the premise of in general. I'm like, yeah, I can see that story being told again in a different way with some fresh blood or what have you. And there's been good examples of that. I think, like, Colin Farrell in last year's remake of Fright Night was a yeah, good example of that. I honestly, just like Aaron, I really don't. I think people overreact when they announce they're going to remake a certain film. Um, I just would rather they remake either films that are dated or remake films that aren't good. And they could remake it and make it something better. Yeah. I don't want them to remake classic films like Casablanca or uh, Citizen Kane or anything, but The Maltese Falcon is a remake. Right. And it worked out great. Ben Hur so, is a remake. What's that? Ben Hur is a remake. Yeah. Every, every, like. Hitchcock's remade a lot of his own movies. It happens. That's a great Evil movie. Dead 2 is a remake of Evil Dead. Army of Darkness remakes like the first two in the first like opening minutes. Yeah, so... Ocean's Eleven is a fantastic remake. It's because the original's not very good. It's really dated, too. It is. I am fine with it. This is a bad example, but Clash of the Titans was a good idea for a remake just because I could... I'd like the idea of really making Clash of the Titans. It just didn't turn out that well, yeah. even though it has a sequel. <laughs> and Black Dynamite was a remake of Mississippi Burning, and that worked out great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You're right. I could see the boom mics in both those movies. And, and, and um, you know, Driving Miss Daisy was remade as Mark Hoban's favorite on The Untouchables, so that's, that's fine. Right? That's right. I'm insulting a guest that's not on our show this week. <laughs> He'll listen to us and send us an angry email. <laughs> And they recently remade Precious, and they called it Hannah just to kind of go for that other market. It worked. And, out. <laughs> and that's the end of No Everybody. <laughs> so let's move on now to our uh, movie trailer talk. Where each week we discuss a couple of the latest movie trailers, and um, this week we got a few new ones, including let's just start off with this really cool one, Skyfall, the new James Bond movie that comes out in November. Uh, finally got a new that's uh, the trailer for all to see, and not just people that got like exclusive IMAX looks at the film, and. Um, yeah, this is the new James Bond movie. This is the second like trailer, like the full trailer, so you actually see kind of more stuff going on. And all I can say is, my God, this I want this now. But let's ask you guys, what do you think? Um, well, I I like the trailer. Um, I like the initial teaser because it kind of set up the mood and the atmosphere. And I think this one kind of really, really broadens the horizon from that first teaser, and you're starting to understand more. I think Javier Bardem looks different and menacing, and his the way he looks is just unsettling, and I think that's what they were going for. Um, so I think he might be a good foible for uh, Daniel Craig as James Bond. And I really like Daniel Craig as James Bond. He looks and he looked like a bamf. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he like that's there's a, in the trailer when he jumps into the train and yeah. like he fixes his 
uh, cuffs. I'm like, oh, 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 good job. Good job. I get it. I, I get it. That's awesome. Um, but no, I really liked it. What about you, Alan? <laughs> oh, man. Opening night. I'm there. I, I love the uh, exchange between um, uh, Bond and Javier Bardem. Like, I, I, I think their little banter, like, back and forth will be some of, like, the best scenes in the movie. Um, which, you know, I, I feel is pretty obvious. Um, I, I love the uh, um, the director, um, what's his name? Uh, Sam Mendes. I think he's, like, it looks um, like they, it's a, it's a vast improvement from the last Bond film, which I wasn't a fan of. Uh, wait, wait, would you say that Javier Bardem looks Mendes-ing? <laughs> uh, no, no. Sorry. You, your, your call should cut out again. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, it looks great. I, I think uh, they're going in a great um, direction with, uh, with this uh, series uh, in the past uh, five, six years when, when it began again. Um, and, and I hope it continues. I think that you're given more of a, I guess, a greater scope of what's going on because in the teaser, I like the teaser too, but I wasn't sure why uh, Ralph, Ralph, Ray Fiennes was there. So now you're gonna given a better understanding, um, and it's pretty cool. You know, it seems as though it's Bond and his boss against everyone who's trying to gun him down. So you know, it looks pretty uh, intense. I really like that cufflink scene as well. Just shows you how badass he is. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm excited. It actually was one of those trailers I was like, oh wow, some goosebumps there. Yeah, the uh, the best thing I can say about this trailer is that it looks like a Bond movie, which is something that I was annoyed with with Quantum of Solace because it was too much like a Bourne movie. And I like Bourne movies, but I like seeing Bourne in them, not you know James Bond. I like seeing James Bond and James Bond movies. So the idea of like you have Javier, Javier Bardem looks like a Bond villain. He has like crazy blonde hair, like like freaking Christopher Walken and oh. Um, a view to a kill let alone just all these like you have cues back finally you have like these, you just have things it looks like things going on that are like very bond like you have the music's playing for one thing which is awesome but you have bond doing bond things where it's like he's he's acting cool in the midst of action where yeah exactly the um, he jumps into the train and you know fixes his cufflink like it's just cool stuff like that where it's not it's not like gritty precision it's like it's bond style stuff and it's that makes me excited and yeah the movie looks gorgeous from with sam mendes in the director's chair and you know he makes his the cinematography in his movies is always just really really good looking so um, many reasons many reasons why i'm looking forward to this new bond movie and it just yeah it looks pretty awesome but did it know, be, in IMAX, you know? It, it's not shot in imax but i just know it's it, it's in imax but right. not, they didn't use imax cameras like I'm a big fan of Sam Mendes, but you know I'm really upset with the lack of shouting in this movie. <laughs> I was upset with the lack of Kanye West in the trailer, but that's fine. That's I make jarhead jokes now. That's what I do apparently. But uh, um, Skyfall comes out uh, November 9th, two thousand twelve, and uh, yeah, the next trailer we have is Killing Them Softly. This is the new um, film starring Brad Pitt and a lot of people actually, uh, James Gandolfini. Uh, Ray Liotta, Sam Shepard, Ray Liotta, <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises, Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Richard Jenkins, just a whole bunch of people. And it's from the it's from director Andrew Dominic, who did uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. And, you know, for this being a biopic on the Fugees, there's really a lack of black people in this. I was going to say that, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but this is, looks like it's going to be like a 
kind of a, a dark comedy, put it softly. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, it's it's kind of it looks like it's like. It's like an action movie, but it's got kind of like looks like a, like a kind of dark humor to it about this um, guy who's a professional enforcer, and he kind of goes into investigating like a heist kind of thing that went down during uh, some some mob activities. And uh, yeah, I uh, the the assassination of Jesse James that was a actually have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah. I have. Nah. I love it. You you love that movie, Jordan? You like that movie? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, one of my favorite films of all time, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I like the movie. I want to. I want to see it again because it's. It's certainly. It's a fantastic looking film. That's for sure too. But it has really strong performances in it. But this one, it's a bit of a departure in terms of tone as opposed to that one, which is very kind of deliberate and paced and has very cold kind of performances. This one looks a little more high spirited. So you know, I'm looking forward to checking it out. But what do you guys think of the trailer? Oh, I really. Um, the first time I saw it was this morning, and I, I've been excited for this film when it was announced that Brad Pitt and um, they were and Andrew Dominic, right? Yeah. And they got back. To, I, I I mess up names all the time. I was excited that they were teaming up again because I really really liked Assassination, um, Assassination Justice James with Howard like Ford. I and he, he always pulls really good performances out of his actors. Um, so I and he assembled this fantastic cast, even though James Gandolfini and Ray Liotta playing a mob, playing mobsters isn't that much of a stretch, but I'll go with it. Um, but it looks like a really, really good kind of crime film, and I'm really excited about it. Um, one thing I will say is that if Daniel Day Lewis didn't do There Will Be Blood in 2007, I think Casey Affleck would have won that Oscar for Assassination Jesse James, but that's just me. Yeah. And if he can pull off a great performance out of Casey Affleck, I think the cast he assembled for this will will be perfect. Jordan, have you guys seen a uh, Chopper? I have not I have seen not Chopper yet, yet. but I, I heard have. it was good. I have. Very good. Yeah, it's it's another great film. But like once again, it's really dark, and it's great to see this this almost like dark comedy that he's done here. Um, and I mean, pretty much anything with Sam Shepard and Ray Liotta, I'll go watch. Like. Those two actors, Eagles, my ass in the seat. I, I just have to add this. I'm looking at the, um, it was Javier Bardem won for supporting role over Casey Affleck in the assassination of Jesse James. Oh, yeah. I'm one of, I'm one of the few camp where it was Casey Affleck's movie and him being a supporting actor is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I just it. think it's absolutely ridiculous. That's it. Javier Bardem, very good at No Country for Old. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is a strong category that year, actually. Look at it right now. Assassination. No, 2007, I, I can go on record for this. 2007 is the last great year for movies. <laughs> because he had Zodiac, There Will Be Blood, Gone Be Gone, Assassination, Jesse James, No Country for Old Men. Um, Michael Clayton. Uh, Juno, yeah. East, Eastern, Eastern Promises. Promises. Yeah. <laughs> Sunshine, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd. Um, what else? Here's a who. <laughs> no. Even Transformers. The, I'm still a big fan of the first Transformers. Uh, Into the Wild came out that year. The, the, diving, the diving Bell and the Butterfly. The Orphanage. Tell um, yeah, no. I really like that year. It's a good year. It's a strong year. 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Or an Ultimatum. Let's just do our retro 2007 <laughs> content episode. Uh, okay, uh, Abe. I'm here for three hours, Aaron. Abe, yeah, Abe, yeah Abe, uh, no, the trailer looks actually really cool. Uh, Brad Pitt looks like he's playing a cool guy. Looks like what you had said, you know, dark comedy stuff. Um, it looks also intensely violent, but in a very stylish way. Uh, I got some 
uh, obviously I got some like mobster film vibes from uh, Scorsese and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm actually kind of excited for this one too. So this is actually a good weekend for trailers. Yeah, cool. Do you think there's going to be a lot of backlash um, with the public towards this film with all the incidents that have been going on recently? And it seems not like as, so many people not, are. Not as much so as there was for the friggin' for Gangster yeah. Squad, which has right. now, right. now been moved, which has now been moved from its original like what September October date all the way to next January. Yeah. Which, which makes me wonder if they're if they're gonna move it that far. Do they even need to read? Because they're gonna read. The plan was uh, this has to do with the Aurora shootings, obviously. And um, there was there's of course a scene in that trailer where people emerge from behind a screen, machine guns blasting at an audience, which obviously kind of sets off people that just you know recently had something like that happen in real life. And so they're thinking maybe we should root the Warner Brothers thing. We should reshoot scenes to kind of get around that. But now because they don't have the time, they're gonna push it back to January. So I'm thinking, do you even need to reshoot scenes at that point? Like, is it gonna be like I wouldn't even I wouldn't want to. If I was in charge of this movie, I wouldn't want to reshoot scenes to begin with, just because that's that's a whole different debate. But I mean, if you move if you if you move the movie completely, where it's not even like in relevance anymore, the the occurrence that happened, like, is there, is there a need to reshoot this? What do you, I don't know. That when Colors came out in '88, people were freaking out because it was a lot of gang-related violence when that movie came out. I remember because my mom was like, "Oh, I can't take him to go see Problem Child." Um, but I think by the time it comes out in January, I don't think it'll have much to do with it for Gangster Squad. And honestly, Americans love their violence, so I don't think this film's really going to be affected by it or not. It all depends what the word of mouth is on it. Yeah. Like, violence is violence. It won't matter. All right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Alan Aguilera, conversation killer. <laughs> uh, Just another note. The poster for the movie is uh, outstanding. For Killing it, Her Softly? It, yeah, it's probably one of the best posters I've seen all year. Have you seen the imposter poster? The imposter poster is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sweet poster. I'm not being sarcastic. That was cool. It's a sweet poster. No. But uh, I'll talk about Imposter when we talk about Total Recall. But anyway, the uh, kill, Killing Them Softly comes out uh, October 19th, 2012, and I'm looking forward to that one. Um, next up, because we're doing three today, because I'm like, I saw this, and I'm like, we have to talk about this. This is The Dark Knight Returns. Um, this is an, the animated uh, adaptation of the pos- I mean, possibly Batman's greatest comic story ever written by Frank Miller. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, which is only part one. They've divided up into two parts, and it's directed it's direct to blu-ray release blu-ray dvd release and we don't normally kind of talk about these kind of trailers but it is batman and it is the dark knight Returns. so i figured why not because i was into this and just to go into it just to go a little more i i mean i love that story that maybe is my favorite batman story ever i have to think about it maybe but probably would be certainly top three um and seeing this adapted into a kind of an animated film that's exciting to me and from the look of it too, as opposed to like Batman year one, which I like, but felt like it was more of, it was almost a motion comic just because of it's, it was kind of a direct translation to screen as opposed to kind of making it your own while adapting that story. I think dark Knight dark Knight returns. It looks really good. It looks like, but it also looks like it has its own kind of, it doesn't look like a direct copy of panel to page necessarily, even though it has a lot of signature moments that people would recognize from that comic book. But, um, Alan, what do you think? Um, it looks good. Uh, like honestly, it looks kind of cheap. Like the animation looks really cheap to me. Uh, like when they're moving and when the mutants are talking to like <clears throat> the thing with DC is that I love the stories they do with 
and the, the attention to detail and the attention and love that they have for the DC properties that they have with their animation field. It's just the animation doesn't look great all the time because I think they put it out at such a velocity that they can't really just slow it down and make it look more fluid in motion. Like, it looks like a motion comic again, just like Batman Year One. Like, it looks really cool. The fact that Peter Weller is Batman is really exciting to me. Um, but I'm excited for it. I, I see all of them. It just, I'm not like, oh my god, it's Dark Knight Returns! Like, oh, cool, they, they did Dark Knight Returns. That's cool, I'll watch that too. The, uh, I mean, the animation, to me, it kind of it reminded me a lot of Batman the Animated Series, which is kind of what got me excited for it, because I was just like, this looks oh, really? kind of old. Yeah, I got, that kind of, I got that kind of vibe from it, where it's like, this looks, uh, gives me an animated series vibe. I just don't think it's as fluid as that. It was my problem. Like, motion, it looked, because I was watching Live Before Time 2 today, don't ask. <clears throat> it looked like the same kind of directed video kind of cheapness that you saw from the 90s. Okay, well, you can say don't ask, but we're going to ask, why were you watching Live Before Time 2 today? <laughs> Well, after I got home from work, um, my nephews wanted to watch a movie, and that's what they picked. And I was like, great. Okay. When does Breaking Bad start? Abe? Uh, I like the uh, the animated films just primarily because they can focus a little bit more and then do a little bit more, I guess, quote-unquote outlandish stuff with the characters uh, in terms of just grappling over a building or whatever else. Um, the... The main villain in this, I'm not too familiar with. I guess it's some kind of mutant. Um, and I... Well, it's the in the the the, um, the the Dark Knight Returns. There's a gang that's known as the mutants. Okay. So there's like a head of that gang, but there's also other classic Batman characters in this story as well. He reminded me of like Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the cartoon, because he looks wrinkly. But uh, uh, no, I actually think that it's going to be one of those films that you could really enjoy because it could be dark and I think that that's the thing I appreciate the most about it is that it doesn't have to necessarily be happy and floaty and warm it could turn into these corners where you know they deal with other issues that are not child friendly or I guess they necessarily don't have to uh, put in that comfort for an, an audience that is 12 and under so I appreciate that aspect of it Jordan uh, I haven't seen too many of these um, straight-to-DVD animated films. I saw the Under the Red Hood, and, and that was decent. Um, this, this looks okay. Um, I, I'm not going to rush out and buy it when, uh, when it's released that Tuesday, but I'll catch it you know, eventually, probably on Netflix. But Peter Butler's a big plus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Batman The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 uh, comes out September 25th, 2012 on a straight-to-Blu-ray and DVD. And, um, yeah, I guess that's going to do it for our trailer talk this week. So now we're going to move straight into our review for Total Recall. You're not a nightmare. Yeah. Are you actually happy with how your life's turned out? Well, the hell shouldn't I be? What do you know about this recall place? Stay away from them. Don't mess with your mind, man. Now it's your fantasy. We'll give you the memory. Wrong place! It's not a mistake. Nobody. Trying to kill me. Your memory was replaced.
Your mind was implanted with a life you think you've lived. Our marriage. What can I say? I give good wife. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Total Recall, and this is, of course, the remake of the 1990 Total Recall, which starred Arnold Schwarzenegger. This time we have Colin Farrell in the still the adaptation from a Philip K. Dick's um, novel. What is it? We shall. We can, um, we can remember it for you wholesale. And uh, yeah, this involves uh, Colin Farrell as... Well, no, I gotta, I gotta set up this whole future we have first, right guys? Oh my god, because this is important. So the year is 2084. The world has become... Because of chemical, uh, chemical warfare, the world has basically become uninhabitable except for two places on the entire world. One is the United Federation of Britain, which is basically England, and the other is the Colony, which was used to be Australia, which looks a lot like Shanghai. And the only place to... The only way to get to to and fro those two places left in the world is through a method called the fall, which takes you through a giant tunnel that goes through the core through the set through the <laughs> earth. It goes all the way from one side of the earth to the other. It's hard to keep a straight face while saying this, uh, but yeah. So people people travel from one end to the other, and so like people from the colony, which is kind of like the ninety nine percent, they travel to the one percent, which is Britain, so they can work for the day and then you know travel back. It only takes like seventeen minutes to do this, of course. Hmm. It so, sounds plausible so far. Yeah, it does. So, yeah, you, you, know, you know, because they, you could you can spend money to like build a giant tunnel that goes through the earth, but you can't figure out a way to make the rest of the earth habitable again. Anyway, uh, Colin Farrell, he's uh, he's a um, random worker in a robot factory. <laughs> Oh, this is so bad. Uh, Colin Farrell works at a robot factory, but he has terrible nightmares at night about some mysterious other life that he thinks he may have had, just because it's like, why do I have such vivid memories of me and Jessica Biel fighting against people? But he uh, goes to this place, because he's not content with his life as a lowly robot construction worker slash husband to Kate Beckinsale, he goes to a place called Recall, which can implant uh, memories like false memories of like amazing vacations that you never actually had. But upon going to recall, he kind of sets off alarms and everyone's like, wait a minute, you're not who you say you are. And it turns out that apparently Colin Farrell used to be a secret spy person. But he's, of course, doesn't have the memory of being a spy person. So secret agents, whatever. So now he kind of goes on the run because apparently his wife's not really his wife, but an agent looking to track him down and or try to keep him under control. But now that's failed. So Colin Farrell is now basically on the run for his life because everyone's trying to get after him. Of course, Jessica Biel comes along as a past friend of his <laughs> and uh, tries to take him back to the, the rebels who are secretly hoping to make the colony equal with the... the I don't really know why. There's no Mars here, so it gets confusing for me. But, um, yeah, chase, hijinks, and sue, right? So let's just get to it. Abe, what do you think of Total Recall? Uh, I didn't really like Total Recall at all. I, I think everything besides the dialogue was okay, which is to say, like, the, the action sequences were okay, and the dialogue and the story was uh, really bad, and I found that to be really bad, mostly because there's largely no consequence in anything that happens, and there's an example that I want to bring up, which is just, Bill Niley shows up, and then he exits, and there's no consequence to that, there's no real reason for that either, and then there's also John Cho shows up, and then he leaves and then his buddy Harry is there, and there's no consequence to him and his exit. And there's like the opportunity Asian guy who gives him this card who's just there with a name, and there's no consequence to him either. So I, I really didn't really like this movie. I especially hated the last third of it where I didn't understand anything that was going on. I just knew that there was a lot of action sequences. 
but it, the story got really confusing for me there. I was able to follow it pretty closely, and uh, for at least like the first hour. But even in the first hour, I was thinking to myself, "Wait, what's the problem here? What, what, what is like the whole entire reason that they're doing this?" And I know that it's because he's he's you know having these weird delusions or dreams and reality problems of a secret spy, but. Where are they driving? What are they getting at? And, you know, none of that really gets resolved. So, overall, it's it might be it, but I really didn't like this movie, uh, besides the action sequences. Alan? Um, it was expensive. It looked really expensive. I was watching going, that looks really expensive. So, yeah, Jordan? <laughs> I loved it. I think it's, like, that's the best movie of the year. I mean, Hands down? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Like the music, the writing, the acting, the, the action—it's so it made me cry. It's oh my god! So yeah. Honestly, the one the one liners were fantastic. I know people are saying that they cried during Beasts of the Southern Wild and how that's like the best movie. Whatever, <laughs> screw those guys. It's all about Total Recall. I guess this is a good point for me to point out that uh, Jordan has not. Yeah, seen Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring that <laughs> in myself. <laughs> so if I, so if I could interject here with my thoughts on the film, yeah, it certainly looks expensive, and. Oh my god, this movie, I'll, I'm going worse than AIM on this one, because it's just, every time I think about Total Recall, it gets worse in my mind. It's just, it, it feels less like um, we have a good idea for making this making this movie more like, hey, we have a bunch of money, money lying around, where's the dartboard, let's get out our idea book, and they just threw it, and it's like, oh, Total Recall, let's do that! Because there's very little imagination going on in this movie, which is surprising given that it's a big sci-fi action blockbuster film. Yet, Len, Len Weissman, you know, he comes from the, he comes from, like, the school of, with, like, Paul W.S. Anderson, where it's all, like, fancy production design and nothing in way of, you know, substance or anything, you know, that seems original, because this movie seems to crib from so many other sci-fi movies that. and TV shows, like Firefly, Blade Runner, Minority Report, I robot. I robot. Once you mentioned the Philip and, K. Dick thing, I was like, "Oh, okay, I understand." Yeah. And um, and he also apparently shares J.J. Abrams' passion for lens flares too, because there's lens flare in every shot in this movie. And they, I think, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the movie wanted to blind you because of all the lights that were going. I sure was not about like, people who had epilepsy, like epileptic seizures. I was like, why did they have a warning in this movie? Because yes, for like the first three minutes, somebody could have a seizure. It, yeah, it's just blinding you. But anyway, I mean the. It's, it, yeah, it, there's nothing's brought to this movie that made it like better. Like that made it that made it anything that, that distinguished it at all from the. Besides the fact that they don't go to Mars and they just like stay in London and Australia. There's it's just nothing about this movie feels like feels like they're bringing anything original to the table. And it's really irritating because I think it's a good premise for a movie. I think it's a good idea that you could run with to to remake and they just failed on almost every level. I, I didn't like the action that much. I mean, I'll give it credit for not being in 3d and being coherent, but the only action scene I really liked was the one involving the elevator kind of up and down and sideways. I found that to be incredibly happened. confusing. I didn't find that. <laughs> like, how can elevators go laterally and then vertically? I, huh? Well, apparently you forgot about Willy Wonka's chocolate factory because those <laughs> elevators go all kinds. That's of right. Places. The glass elevator. <laughs> But, um, I mean, that was the one that seemed like an original idea in terms of just having things going on. But, okay, so here's another thing. The the original Total Recall, which I like a lot, actually, I consider that like a top three Arnold movie, that the cast of that movie is fairly racially diverse. And that's something I admired about that one, let alone Paul Verhoeven's over-the-top style mix of a movie that has ideas and, you know, an energy yeah. to it. This one features an all-white cast, save for, save for what, John Cho and, and Buddy Harry. Wait, what's his name? 
Buddy Harry, Joaquin Woodbine, okay. and um, you know, save for those two characters and the um, the Asian bartender whose name is uh, Murray, <laughs> which maybe um, he's Irish. Every, yeah, added, adding to all of this, everyone speaks an American accent. I thought about that despite, too. For all, everyone's despite being in the England, Federation of Britain. England or Australia are the only places that exist, and everyone has American. That's why my accents. question in the beginning was like, would you rather be Asian in Australia? Because apparently, Australia has turned into a giant Chinatown, and everyone just like rides gondolas and has parasails. There's like three English actors in this movie, and they all have American accents. <laughs> what? Even Bill Nye? Yeah. Even Bill Nye! That was yeah. the part! Because I'm like, Bill Nye's coming in, and I'm thinking, alright, at least Bill Nye's here. He'll add some kind of energy to this movie. It's like, <laughs> Clay, we have to get back to the... Like, what is happening? Why is, why is he speaking? Oh my god! I don't understand what, why this is going on. I, I like the idea of having Colin Farrell in this movie. That seemed like a cool idea. But, no, he just kind of... He didn't do anything in this movie. I that, thought like, it was okay in it, actually. I didn't, I, I, he like compared to something like Fright Night or like I think you've this up before, which is like when he uses his accent in films, they're better films generally, and I would agree with that because I did, I very much like In Bruges, um, but I thought he was okay compared to the other people in this film. Even no, I would I just I would say I can see well, one that seems to be having like some kind of fun in this movie. Uh, everyone else is the I director. Even even Brian Cranston, who like has a ridiculous rig and is just evil Cohagen in this movie, he's just kind of like I'm here, whatever. Colin Farrell did fine with what he was given. The movie is just lazy. Um, they decided to make a remake of a film that they thought would be cool to remake. It's just not. It's not good. That's the problem. There's a lot of cool ideas, which kind of makes me more upset with it. Because there's certain things here. I'm like, that's a cool idea. Okay, go ruin that. That's fine. Let's move on to the next good idea that you're gonna have. Oh, you're gonna ruin that too. I thought the the. Oh, that phone in the hand? That was a cool idea. He made you look like a fool. He'd had major tactical training, sir. I wasn't made aware of that. How the hell did he get activated? An agent in place told me he'd gone to recall. I sent a team in, but his memory implant had been blown before they could get to him. He's clearly regaining some memory fragments. I'm 15 minutes behind him. No lethal force. I want him alive. Do you understand? Who the hell is this guy, sir? Take me off display. That's that's not anywhere cool as having a tracer they have to pull out. Yes, that's nose. true, now, too. You haven't seen Total no. Recall. Yeah, I also haven't seen the that's, first that's Total right. Recall. So I'm only watching this movie, and I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, the whole thing's cool, though. Um, especially putting up to, like, any, any glass pane and then having visual uh, voice calls, I guess. But to pick up, right. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But let's, like, let's go back. Hold on. Let's go back to phone in the hand. Why is that cool? What? How does that make? How does that make things interesting? That's like just like when you have a, yeah, that makes texting yeah, really hard. That's what that does. <laughs> like, well, no, it's just one less thing for you to carry around. Photos with your nails. But then if you put your hand to your phone. Guess what? That entire oh, your hand to the glass. Guess what? That's an entire tablet. I wouldn't want to like you know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to dick dial somebody. <laughs> Well, that's what. That's Aaron. Well, Aaron, I'm a left-hander, so I don't know about that. <laughs> that would be a, that would be a self-imposed punishment. Um, 
Maybe you can go on airplane mode or something. I don't know. It's something different. Stop crapping all over this movie. Well, I mean, no, the thing, the, things the that director are, does it enough. Because the things that feel like different or like that like kind of diverge from the original one just feel like ideas that are like less interesting than what goes on the original one to me. I mean, you haven't seen the original one, but every time they went like a different direction from like what they did in the year, and I don't even I don't even want to compare it to the original yeah, one. But it just, the movie, the movie, too different. The movie, the the movie like did not give me an option. It wanted me to compare it to not only the first Total Recall but every other sci-fi movie that this movie cribs from. Yeah. It's just annoying. I, I did compare it to the other sci-fi movies, but I really didn't compare it to the original uh, Total Recall. Mostly because, again, they Alan they do those callbacks to the original, but things like they just don't. Which makes no sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, how, totally. like the, the three-breasted woman comes up out of nowhere and just says. Oh, yeah. So like, in the original Total Recall, it's yeah, a exactly. There's a perfect good reason why she has three children. One eye, and then, like, a mother with, like, whatever else. And then the three-breasted person makes sense. And also, the other one is, like, when he's going through the scanner, and then there's, like, this red-headed woman in front of him, you kind of get a sense that they're recalling something from the original, but then they just go nowhere with it. So, the, again, this, this film has all these, you know, nice little, hey, here's a little snapshot from the original but we're not going to do anything with it. We're just hoping that you guys are pleased that we put these in. And there's no point for you to put those in if you want to just make a, an entire film and not have anything to do with Mars. So here, here's here's my question now to Alan, because he, you, Alan has not seen the original. The... Um, did when, you're, by, when you reach the end of this film, did you have any question of whether or not uh, Quaid was... If it was real, what was happening to him? Did you, did you have, like, an answer to that question? Well, no, I figured it was real. I okay, see, now, now here's here's my biggest problem with the movie. There's no ambiguity to it. One of the best con- one of the best th- facts about Total Recall, one of the best, like, concepts behind Total Recall is it could be either Quaid is having, like, he's going through all this for real, or he's in Recall the whole time, and it's, like, it's all of this is part of his journey through Recall. Like, it's all a fake memory that he's having. That's not present in this movie at all. You just It just feels, there's no ambiguity to it. It just feels like a straight chase thriller with no, like, there's no question that he's not going through this. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like there's an ambiguity to how this movie plays out, as opposed to the original Total Recall, which it could be Arnold either going through, like, all these crazy things for real, or he could just be at Recall the whole time sitting in a chair experiencing these memories or, like, these fake memories that have been implanted into him. And that just kills this movie for me completely like there's that takes away one of the best things about this concept so, you, so it's actually like you like that part in the original where where arnold has a video playback and it's like you're not you you're me kind of thing right where it's like you're really not sure if he's actually there or not you don't know who to believe right. you don't know what to trust you have a scene where he like interacts with somebody that claims to be from a recall agent telling him that he's going through something and he needs to like do something in order to stop this and this you have his best friend harry comes up and is like you're still a recall man but like i don't believe that at all it just feel it always feels real it always it never feels like it never feels like there's a chance that he could actually be ex- experiencing the recall dream going on yeah well and even in a verhoeven's film uh, when it ends it fades to white instead of black yeah, so you, uh, you can interpret that like as him waking up. You can interpret it either way. Yeah, it go. Yeah, it it works very well. Every there's yeah, a yeah. there's a good way to explain both versions of what could be happening to Arnold Schwarzenegger in the original sure. Total Recall. This one, and this one feels really haphazard. It feels like you're supposed to. It feels a lot like you're supposed to pres- assume a lot of the knowledge based on what you know about the original film, as opposed to kind of explaining the plot to you. Like I could, if I was, uh, watching, I think so. I think that if you had like some fairly loose knowledge, I think you'd be able to skate by too. Yeah, but I mean, you shouldn't even have to have fairly loose knowledge. You should be able to watch this movie for the first time and understand what's going but on. But Alan right? said he had no problem understanding it. 
Did you? I have, have no problem understanding. It wasn't convoluted or anything to me. I wouldn't say it's convoluted, but I think it just brushed. I mean, Alan, you you know the plot of Total Recall before you were going into it, though, right? Very vaguely. Honestly, not really. Okay. Kind of like I know there's a three-titted women, <laughs> and I know Arnold's like. I know Arnold was like, I want a divorce, <laughs> and so the only thing that what to me was a callback was him fighting with his wife. <laughs> and we got the most awesome part where he kills the, his buddy and says, "Screw you!" Thinking, I was trying to distance myself from like knowing the original and just thinking of like how this movie is playing out, and it just seems like it brushes past so many things that feel like they should be important, like John Cho explaining the recall experience. It feels like. If I didn't know what it was already, I, I'd have, like, no idea what's go, what's going on right now. I'd be like, okay, he's going to experience some kind of dream and something's going on, but I don't understand why that is important or how that should, like, factor in later on. It just it feels like it brushes past things because you already, you're supposed to already know them, but you Does should already like know Does it feel like it brushes? Because I got a sense, like, every time that they stopped, somebody had to explain everything that was going on, and that's the reason why they had to stop the action sequences. Is because Jessica Biel has to explain everything, or Colin Farrell has to I feel like, yeah, that stuff I feel like, true, but I feel like just kind of the initial setup was, like, just, was kind of brushed past it. And, like, even, like, I, I still don't even know what Cohagen's plan was. I don't even know what was going to I agree. To I know exactly what he wanted to do. Yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to. I mean, it's a stupid, it's a stupid he, he plan, wanted but I know what he wanted to do. So, by the way, robots are useless in this movie. Like, I hate, like, the, these are, like, the least interesting robots that I've seen. I think he stole the plans from the Trey Federation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, but I mean, even to back to the point of like Bill Nye. I mean, he's got a resistance setup, and again, there's no further discussion about that, or there's no further evolution of that besides just being a plot point to get the story into the final setup. And I was kind of bummed out about that because it would have been interesting to see. Okay, well, you know, here you go, Dan, or here you go, Quaid. Here's uh, the information that you're looking for, and there's a baby in my chest, but there's no baby in his chest. Yeah, there's no Quaid, and that was irritating. <laughs> This, this movie made hover cars boring, also. I wanted to see a cool hover car chase, and I didn't get that. I didn't like the hover car chase. That much. It was just a regular heist. It was like it was like a getaway, like yeah. the movie The Getaway Chase, but just with a hover car. It wasn't that interesting. I agree, no. yeah. It wasn't, I, I didn't like that car chase. How is the the character of Quaid portrayed before he uh, he enters Recall? He's like a loser, like, well, but he's like a hard worker. He just—he's uh, the ungrateful. <laughs> yeah, he's married to Kate Beckinsale. He has a pretty he has a pretty good job working up in Britain. <laughs> like, the thing that kept, that kept that kept freaking me out was okay. Um, he's only been the secret agent. He's only been like subdued for like six weeks. Yeah, yeah, but then perfect. like he told his superior, "I've been busting my butt this past quarter." I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, it seems like a lot of people have to be in the know on his situation if like anything holds up and what this kind of his dream is. And if that many people are in the know. Why would they let him touch anything important like the robots? And why would they let him talk to random people, like training that random new guy? Why would they even do that? Yeah. Plus that random new guy. What was his point? I mean, because that he had to give he had to give no, him a recall. The trigger to go to recall was like a, a pretty large thing because later it comes up. Well, who told him to go to recall? Because it actually just triggered everything. One last thing, Doug. As a matter of full disclosure. None of the secret life elements you chose can actually be true. It would cause irreparable conflict and confusion. It's how brains get blown. Don't worry. I don't have any secrets. Get ready to save the world. Happy trails, man. Wait. What? What is it? What's wrong? Yank that needle out before it takes. Wait here! Whoa, whoa! Federal police! 
Was he in fact part of the resistance? I don't know because they never touched upon it again. He actually has a name. His name is like Merrick or something like that. And then he just yeah. Funny thing is, he was like fifth listed from the credits. <laughs> yeah. So again, there's there's largely no consequence or I guess no explanation follow up of some of these characters, which really bugged me a lot. To get back to Farrell too, because I yeah I don't yeah I think he does well with what he's given, but I don't like what they gave him. Like, it's just his, char- his character, like, he's not, he just reacts to things like, oh my god, really? But, like, that that's like his, re- that's, he's just kind of aware of things going on and scenes around him, but, like, the idea of him, loud like, noises! When he suddenly, like, you know, kills ten people in a room, he, it's, it's like no remorse there. Like, he doesn't really see, like, there's no real reflection of, like, oh my god, I just did that. Like, there's a brief, like, bit of that, but there's no, like, oh my god, I'm killing people for the first time, or, like, oh, I'm a secret agent. That seems like that'd be way more exciting to me, but I don't really seem to have that reaction. There's just it's not he's not given things to do. His memory's been firewalled, he just, man. He just he just becomes kind of bland action guy throughout bland this thing. Action hero. The other thing I had a problem with was like recall. Yeah. They advertise on buses, on trains, and then you have to go to like the red light district to get to recall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this a legit place? Nobody would go here. You'd have to, yeah, you have to go through the fall, so 17 minutes, and you have to walk over, like, the Shanghai bridges over the water. Then you have to consult with three, three-breasted three woman, and then you have to walk up the, the, the Yellow Brick Road. Is there what happened? I was like, yeah, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> go in and, and talk to John Cho. Honestly, the first half of that movie reminded me of that Dreamcast game Shenmue. <laughs> <laughs> There's a callback. That's in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Aaron, what? I mean, there was a black robot. What about that? What are the, yeah, that was the leader of robots? Is that what that was? Like, these robots were so You know what bummed me out about that black robot? Is like, he's supposed to be like the superior robot, but why could Colin Farrell throw him? And also, how could he punch him so that it actually knocks him back? And I was really bummed out because I was thinking to myself, that robot would crush him in a second. All these questions. Uh, like, the fact that he was fist fighting a robot made me laugh. Yeah, yeah, he, think, he, I, he, said he chose to fight the robot too. That's I think Len Wiseman was like, oh, so Hugh Jackman's going to pretend to be a robot and fight a robot? I'll one-up you. <laughs> <laughs> now, the fight I want to see is between like Len Wiseman and Zack Snyder just because they're both like handsome directors that, you know, do little. I guess I guess Zack Snyder would probably, you know, win that one just because he can slow-mo and ramp up. Fashion. No, he'll be like, look at how much money my movies have made. <laughs> He's like, well, look, look at my hot wife, right? Yeah, like, and her butt on the screen at least. Again, yeah, Beckinsale, there's a scene early on where, like, Colin Farrell wakes up in a cold sweat from his, you know, terrible dream, and then Beckinsale gets up, and she looks like, hey, Beckinsale, there's no makeup implied. She's like, she's waking up in the middle of the night, it's like, oh, yeah, look, I look this good all the time. And then she gets up and goes to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> she puts on her clothes and goes to work. Well, what you didn't see right before that is the bridesmaid scene where she always gets up secretly, puts on the makeup, then gets, sticks back in bed. <laughs> and then John Hamm is there to get, tell her to get the f*** out. Just Jess, Jess Beale does little around. Yeah, and like what you had said earlier, you know, the question of, I guess she's a friend? You know, it's like, yeah, well, I guess she's a love address, yes, but what else? You know, what what part was there? What was her role? Wasn't she like a lieutenant to the, um, uh, Methuselah or whatever his name was? Yeah, that's what it was, it was something like that, right? Mathias. Uh, Mathias. Mathias. By the way, everyone, despite the fact that the colony is like this, you know, the poor part of the world or whatever, and the resistance should be like, you know, people living on dire straits, everyone looked good in this movie. Everyone seemed everyone fine. Pretty healthy. Seemed, yeah, everyone seemed healthy. They had nice teeth. They're all well, here's, here's, here's one of my big, big things with it. The fact that 
the part of Britain is okay, but then they go at some point they go off site to the no zone, which I just think is stupid. The no zone. <laughs> but like, it's like what you tell a kid when they're like, "Don't let a t- don't let a teacher touch you there." Um, <laughs> like they went like if if honestly it felt like they drove twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> to like Wales instead of London. But as they're going back and forth, there's, like, no dome covering London. Like, how did half that island get completely radiated, but then the other half is fine? They have giant fans. And then how were they able to... And then how were they able to man all the natural resources to build the fall? Yeah, the fall... Can, can we talk more about the fall? So let me... To, to, to reiterate, the fall is a giant tunnel that goes between the, between the colony and Britain. So it's this hole that goes through the entire Earth... And um, it has a high-speed rail lift system where, like, you know, I guess a couple hundred people kind of get in there and, you know, transport back and forth. It only takes 17 minutes. When you get to the Earth's core, of course, the gravity shifts. So you're like, whoa, the gravity is shifting, and I can't, I'm on zero G all of a sudden. But then, you, you know, you continue on your trip. I love that this was able to be created. Like, they're like giant drills or something within – and it's only 2084. So it only takes us 70 years to drill through the entire Earth and build this system. Less than that, I guess, because the chemical warfare happened sometime <laughs> later on. Well, if Shredder and the Foot Clan could do it, then I guess we could do it too. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know this movie's bad when it makes the core look feasible. <laughs> Good call. But about that core too, it's like, you know, you're, you're drilling from, you're drilling through the earth, through magma, and then... Also, liquid hot magma. Yeah, somehow they were able to build this with the Earth's core in mind. Where they yeah, yeah. The other thing I thought it was like, okay, if, if only the world's population lives in the United Kingdom and in Australia, how many engineers died and how many engineers were able to actually like plan this out? So just being nerdy there, it's just ridiculous. Well, it just it just seems like someone said this and then they kind like, of that's a great idea around it. And I get the idea that I'm you know, suspending some kind of disbelief here, but really, there's a giant tunnel that goes from one end of the Earth to the other end of the Earth with a huge rail system. In 17 minutes. <laughs> and I guess this does prove that, you know, when you dig from the U.S. all the way to the other side of the Earth, you get to China. But when you dig through England, you get to <laughs> Australia. I was, I was, <laughs> if they did do from U.S. to China, it would make more sense, right? Since, you know, you wouldn't have to turn Australia into Shanghai. You could already... <laughs> go from America to China. And also, I mean, everyone has American accents, so that would make way more sense. But I mean, but I'm just nitpicking the logic yeah. of the universe that was created for this movie now. So let, I... Well, they wanted to come out, they wanted to take place in London because it was going to be out the same time the London Olympics were on. Obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> the way that they, the Mars they, they, rover landed today. Yeah, we did. We ditched the Mars rover. We ditched Mars because the rover was coming, but we went to London because the Olympics were happening. <laughs> God, the movie was bad. Anything else to say about Total Recall? Like, what was I going to I had Like, why did they build it? They needed they needed the workers from Australia. Because clearly flying from one fine. Well, no, but, but, like, flying is fine. Like, why couldn't the workers... I don't know. Why couldn't because the workers it only, it, it only takes 17 minutes to go through the Earth, Alan. It takes a whole day or something <laughs> to fly across the Earth. Australia to the UK. 17 minutes, Alan. 17. <laughs> the other question is, they say 17 is minutes? why would Brian Cranston, after winning, decide to finish things off himself? Why didn't he just go to, like, a tower somewhere and just have the robots do the rest? Instead of having... I don't know what Brian Cranston was doing in this yeah. movie. 
I feel really bad for Brian Cranston because every t- <laughs> he keeps getting the short. He's had more bad movies than good movies. I mean, for every Drive, he has Red Tails and Total Recall. <laughs> it's just it's annoying to me. I think just we've... let him make his money while he can. True that. I think at least, at least he wasn't in Battleship. Or was he? Oh, speaking of which, what was this Ethan Hawke thing? Oh, yeah, okay, apparently Ethan Hawke was in this movie, and there's like 20 minutes of the movie cut out itself. But Jordan, what do you, what do you have to say about that? Oh, yeah. So, I read that Ethan Hawke was supposed to play the, uh, the Quaid character as well, but like when he went through um, the, the recall or something like with his mind being mixed up, like, his appearance was altered as well. So, like, to further distance him from his past life, I suppose. Um, so, but they, they, they cut Ethan Hawke out and just replaced, uh, like, reshot his scenes with Colin Farrell. So, I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not sure how this would fit in. Um, but maybe that makes sense to you guys, perhaps. Um, and there's something, like, um, the, the, the guy was saying that since how like um, what's the name Hauser? Yeah, is the most wanted man on earth, which would make more sense with Ethan Hawke playing the role because everyone's looking for him. Um, but if he was played by somebody else, it would make sense why nobody is pointing fingers saying like, "Oh, you're the guy that everyone's looking for." No, 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 because in the movie he had a goatee when he was Hauser, <laughs> and he shaved it. He's fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm dead serious. It's yeah, the classic. It's the classic. That's the whole thing with Ethan Hawke, and he had a good amount of screen time, supposedly. Yeah, 20 minutes is not just a cameo. It certainly felt like there was stuff chopped out of this movie, just because I felt like there was things that would have been unclear to someone that just wasn't familiar with this premise, but that's me. I don't know. Um, Last last thing, um, Harry Gregson Williams did the score for this movie, which is okay, but it doesn't hold a candle to Jerry Goldsmith's score for the original Total Recall. Well, he's hit or miss, Harry (laughs) Gregson. These days he is. Earlier, I liked him a lot. Yeah. All right. I think we've sufficiently talked about Total Recall. Uh, let's get to our rating then each week on Out Now. Fair and Day, we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. A, where would you put Total Recall in that Just scale? regular TV. Uh, Alan? TV. Yeah. IMAX. <laughs> Shut up. I, yeah, I was, I was right there with you. TV is where I put HD. Because, you know, it looks expensive, like we've said. Uh, by the way, this movie costs like $200 million. Are you serious? Why? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand. Well, I mean, they had some, like, cool uh, world-building scenes, but, I mean... Yeah, kind of, Just, just, guess, just enjoy anything with it. Because we love the fall so much. We love that idea, right? <laughs> <laughs> we love seeing faceless robots. I love that there's only robots in this movie just because you didn't want to have excessive kill counts since Colin Farrell's going to be blasting fools throughout the movie. So it's like... Well, we'll put robots in so we don't have to worry about extreme violence like the original. Oh, actually, here, here's the last question uh, I have. For PG-13 films, how many S-bombs can you have and how many F-bombs can you have? Because there was a lot of swearing in this movie. Oh. One, one F-bomb. And S-bombs don't S-bombs matter. don't matter? Really? Uh, no, they never they never mattered. No. Uh, but F-bombs, you can have the okay. one. Okay. And they have their. And you can't you can't have it pertain to sex. Yeah, you have to have it just. Oh. Yeah, you can't you can't have it. Yeah, exactly. You can't use it as a verb. Why is there an f bomb in here? Yeah, there's one. Along with you see the full three-breasted woman, which. <laughs> and if you have three, you can show it in PG-13. Yeah, yeah. If you have th- three boobs, yeah. are okay. Two is. is yeah. It's only it's only only an odd number of boobs <laughs> I think would work for Titanic and Total Recall. 
you can have an odd number of boobs in your movie. If you have even numbers, obviously that's an R rating. <laughs> obviously, right? it's like, uh, like this. This is PG thirteen. Those guys. This is rated R. Those guys. Good. <laughs> yes, good sir. That was good. What do you say? It's better or worse than Battleship? Uh, I'd, I'd say it's I'd worse. watch this again. I'd watch this again. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Eh, I don't know. I'd Although I do like friend of the show Tim Riggins. Yeah, I'd, I'd watch neither. I'd watch neither of these movies. That's really my choice. <laughs> if I had to choose, I'd want to watch Tim Riggins watch Total Recall. There you go. So pretty much, you can get the um, Verhoeven version on Blu-ray for ten bucks. Just go buy that. Which has an amazing Blu-ray transfer, the new version of Blu-ray that just came out, by the way. It's the message I'm getting. Yeah, That's the that, message I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. Watch the watch Arnold Schwarzenegger's Total Recall. There you go. Okay, let's move on. Let's get to movie callback. Callback, callback, callback. Which is where we discuss a couple of the films that relate to the main feature of the week. I think I've gone over many already, but Abe, any come to mind? Uh, yeah, I think that we've uh, gone over a lot, but basically any post-apocalyptic world in which uh, ever made, such as The Matrix, Minority Report, Blade Runner, Equilibrium, Tron, and Star Wars, Clone Wars. Which is I should note, I should note that uh, Kurt Wimmer wrote the screenplay for Total Recall. He directed Equilibrium. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got that sense of those two parallels. Alan? Um, well, other than, like, this, the uh, Star Wars reference and the core, um, when they were walking around to uh, Methuselah's specific... But Methuselah's name. Methuselah? Methuselah. Methuselah. Okay. No, so Matthias, his... Uh, I kept thinking of uh, in their underground layer. It's like underground uh, train station uh, headquarters. Those make my. I, I honestly, I just kept. I kept thinking of other movies that made me feel better than this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the the Born Identity came to mind a lot. Just oh yeah, I thought like, about that too. Yeah, and uh, Fire Firefly was a big one just because of the whole let's have giant Asian influences throughout this uh, movie as well in Australia for whatever. Oh, Armageddon it. when they're going through um, the colony and it's like. Those boats and it's all Asian-y. I was like, oh, it's like Hong Kong from Armageddon. <laughs> That's true. Before it gets hit by a giant yeah. meteor. But this one will be a thud, like the movie. <laughs> well, speaking of thuds, let's get to the box office. Each week we try to go over the totals for the week and try to find out if our previous predictions were anywhere near. Uh, Abe, do you remember what you predicted last yes, week for the box office? I said third with the healthy 20. You did. And uh, let's see, Christian Spicer said third place of 25 million. I said second place of $27 million. and weekend totals, we had Total Recall came in second place of $26 million. So right in between oh, with that, but it's in, sec- it's in second place, though, so... I think you win. Christian didn't call- well, I went over, but Christian didn't call the right spot, so kind of a weird tie. But yeah, uh, The Dark Knight Rises came in first place again, $36 million. Uh, then Total Recall, then Diary of-, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Dog Days, which I probably would have preferred to see as opposed to Total Recall. Um... What else? The Watch, Ted, Step Up, Amazing Spider-Man, Brave, Magic Mike. Magic Mike makes... St- <laughs> just have to keep pointing this out. Magic Mike's made a ton of money. Yeah. On a shoestring uh, budget big, as well. It's like $7 million. Well, Yeah, one of the biggest... How much did it make? It made... It, it's made, it's, it made like a million this weekend. It's like number 10, but it's made $110 million nice. domestically on a $7 million budget. So, yeah, Channing Tatum wins the world. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, the producer doesn't get the to remake the uh, Starship Troopers movie. Yeah, right. But this, yeah. the but I'm, sure, I mean, I'm sure we're all looking forward to the RoboCop remake at this rate too, right? Yeah. Why why are all Paul Verhoeven's movies being remade? <laughs> He's like, what's happening? <laughs> okay, 
Um, yeah, so that's box office. I, let's get away from Total Recall for a while because I think we have Gabe. I think we have time. I think we do have time for some games. It's a long jingle. It's a long one. It's a long one. All right. She said. Yep. Okay. I have a game. And it's a new game, and it's a game I made up explicitly for this podcast episode. It is called Get Your Ass to Mars. Get Your Ass to Mars. I was really hoping for some kind of like, yay. Yay. Get Your Ass to Mars is a game where I have a whole bunch of movies that are all related to Mars, and I'm going to read the the kind of basic premise of that movie, and you have to tell me what that movie is. Okay. Sounds very Sounds easy, good. right? I think I only know two of them. Uh... Well, you'll, you'll get you'll get more than two, perhaps. And I'm gonna have to kind of change some or kind of alter some of these descriptions so it doesn't give it away too easily. But let's let's just start this up, and uh, you know, whoever says the correct title first obviously gets the point for that round. So just gotta keep because all these points matter. So here we go. I'm gonna read the first one right now. A construction worker who travels to Mars to look for clues looks for clues when he discovers that his memory has been erased. Total Recall. Yes. It is Total Recall. Correct. Oh. <laughs> Did you did you, you hear this? Affirmative. I didn't uh, say it. You got to hold on. Affirmative. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, now <laughs> it is. Okay, here we go. Next one. Voyagers uh, are dispatched to Mars when mankind's effort to colonize the planet are disrupted. Jordan got it. You red played it. Okay, here's there's the next one. Some of these are a little more obscure than others, just to make sure. Okay. This sci-fi flick finds an astronaut stranded on a foreign planet where he discovers that an alien race is using humans as slaves. Um, John Robinson on Mars, or John... You're very close. I, no, I, I have it on Criterion. Um, Robinson Caruso? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Damn it. Very good at this game. Alan, Alan gets the point. There we go. Okay. Who said Total Recall first? Alan, Alan you did? Yeah, I did. So, two to one. Eight to zero. Okay, here we go. Here's the next one. As Earth is invaded by alien tripod fighting machines, one family fights the Mars attacks. Mm. No deal. Oh, War of the Worlds? <laughs> yes, it's War of the Worlds. Tripod. Uh, yeah. Keyword yeah. there. Okay, so no, new rule. New rule. If you've answered, you can't answer what? again. Yeah, Abe. Oh, oh okay, <laughs> I got you. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the next one. When the first man mission to Mars meets with a catastrophic and mysterious disaster, a rescue mission is launched to investigate the tragedy and bring back any survivors. Ghost of Mars. Mission to Mars? Doom. No deal. No deal. Wait, what was... Oh, damn it. I know. Red Planet. We already did Red Planet. The answer was Mission to Mars. That's what I said. I didn't hear you. I heard... I didn't hear that at all. (laughs) I heard Ghost of Mars from both of you. I didn't see Ghost of Mars. said Mission. I thought I heard it twice. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. A Martian. Check the tape. Check the tape. A Martian lands on. Well, we'll know when we hear the recording back. I guess. <laughs> a Martian lands on Earth and makes makes friends with the. Capex. No deal. Jazz oh. of tomorrow. No deal. Um. Oh, that's after tomorrow. Oh, oh. I I don't know. My favorite Martian. Should have known. Here's the next one. A prisoner stranded on the terraform Mars and a police officer. Ghost of Mars. That is Ghost John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Correct. Thank you, Alan. Battle, number two. They battle ghosts in order to retrieve a prisoner from. That's it. That's a close one. Okay. Here we go. What's the next one? Uh, this 1967 action flick traces the path of two astronauts who battle mysterious forces while on an extraordinary while on an exploratory mission. 
This one's very obscure. American Pie. No deal. Wait, when when was it made? 1967. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. The answer is Mission Mars. Here's, here's the next one. <laughs> this action flick has a marine and his crew just doom to Mars to defend a space undersea is doom. Good job, Abe. Way to know your yeah. Movies. I love first person. Way, way to know your Carl Urban movies. Here we go. Here's the next one. Oh, this might be the best one. We're one of them. Randy Quaid is a songwriter who suddenly summons oodles of Martians to Earth, all of them played by comedians of the era. They they proceed to piss people off. The Alan guy. Oh my Alan, god. Alan, did you say something? Um, um, uh, Martians. Um. Oh, he has it. Oh my god. It's it's so simple too. It's such a simple title. Um, I like how you know these. Know the, the author of the sci-fi novel it's based on. Um, isn't it like Martians. Uh, um, Martians go home. It's Martians oh, go uh, home. Yes. Good job. It's such an easy title. <laughs> Alan, were you gonna say Martians go home? Yeah, Martians. I think it would have been Alan. Gotta be quick, guys. After they met Frankenstein, the Invisible Man, and Captain. Captain K- Costello go to Mars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think Jordan has clearly run away with this game. Those his Mars movies. Yeah. I'm really happy for him. Mm-hmm. I still have like ten more of those. <laughs> well, we're going. A science fiction writer recently widowed considers whether to adopt a hyper imaginative six year old abandoned boy who says he's really from Mars. Hmm. Oh. Oh. Um. Oh. Uh, doesn't have John Cusack. It does have John Cusack. Yeah. Oh. Oh my God. Uh, it's that movie with the thing. Um, and Martian is in the title, I think. <sighs> Martian Child. Martian Child. It is the Martian ah! <laughs> Clever. I see what you did there. I was, just, I was, I was, I was killing time by, by throwing in Arnold quotes. <laughs> okay, here we go. This early low-budget effort from movie maker Gerald Moore stars Moore as a colonel who recounts the strange creatures he battled on Mars once he's safely back on Earth. Rambo. Um, you cut out. Who was the filmmaker? Gerald Moore. Gerald? Gerald Moore. Or Gerald. It's an old one. What was it made? It just says early. I don't know what it was made. How is it obscure? It's 1959 is when it was made. No deal. It is The Angry Red Planet. That's the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Okay. Here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> Transplanted to Mars... A vet discovers a lush planet inhabited by 12-foot-tall barbarians. Finding himself a prisoner of this creature, he escapes only to encounter a princess who is in desperate need of a savior. John Carter from Mars. It is John Carter. Thought that'd be easy. Okay. I was going to say how Sully got a groove back. Shut up. (laughs) Thank you, Jordan. Okay, here we go. This This one might be easy. They all have to do with Mars, remember. In an alternate 1985 where former superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends an active vigilante onto his own sprawling Watch- investigation. Watchmen. Watchmen. It is Watchmen, correct. Here we go. The Earth is invaded by Martians with irresistible weapons and a cruel sense of humor. Mars Attacks? It is Mars Attacks. I thought we already did that. No, we didn't. No, no I said it earlier, yeah. but it was, um, it was War oh, of the Worlds. Yeah. Here we go. A young boy named Mar- Milo gains a deeper appreciation for his mom after Martians Mars, come to Earth. Mars, I think Mars, Abe nailed it. Mars needs milfs. I heard you. <laughs> Here we go. This is a child-friendly show. This cultish 1997 comedy stars a person as a bubbling software developer. Rocket Man. It is Rocket Man. 
Yes. Okay, last two. I love that movie. <laughs> last two here. This, he farts. <laughs> this 1964 B-movie oddity from director Nicholas Webster chronicles the efforts of a group of Martians to bring Santa Claus to their planet. Santa Claus to... conquers the Martians. <laughs> Santa Claus conquers the Martians. <laughs> I love that movie. Okay, last one. <laughs> this underwhelming sequel based on the book sequel has our hero zooming off to, of all places, Mars. Time for it. Um, no deal. It's That's... a sequel. It's an animated sequel. I'll give you that. When was it made? I have to say. He didn't say. I didn't say. If I had to guess, I'd say late 90s. An animated movie where they go to Mars. It's a sequel. Overwhelming sequel. I believe it's straight, straight to video. There was a Pixar movie that came out this year that has a word in its title that's similar to the movie in this title. Mars Story. <laughs> A Pixar movie. Brave Mars. You have the first and last word of the movie. Oh, 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 Aaron, you are you are clever. I heard it, Jordan. You are clever. Jordan, did you say it? Brave little toaster goes to Mars. See, and I was trying to be dramatic. You shouldn't have been dramatic. You gotta. It's about speed. It's not about. Is that really the sequel to Brave Little Toaster? Yeah. Holy yes, crap! The living Brave Little Toaster goes to Mars. Yep. And that's how you play. Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> When you said the Pixar movie with the the title, I thought even like that year there was a Pixar movie. Oh, okay. Well, you still got it, Jordan. So thank you. Did anyone keep track of your points? No, your Mars movies. I I love Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) It's really good. It's fantastic. Okay, let's play some ABCs of movies because I like being games too. All right. ABCs of movies, where each week we each week each for this game we of course name movies that correspond to the letter that we are on. Um, so we will, I was always going alphabetical order. So it'll go Aaron, then Abe, then Alan, then Jordan. We all good on this? We ready? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna start. A Bronx Tale. Braveheart. The Cat's Meow. Ooh. Dude. That's hold on. There's a the Cat's Meow. Can't use. Yeah, that. but you never count the when you alphabetize it. We find cars. Okay. <laughs> really? We do. Yeah, we every do. week <laughs> we count the bus. I'll let you slide on this one. All right. Jordan's on D. Yeah, I said Doom. Okay. 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 Hold on. Uh, Evil Dead 2. For Finding Forrester. Gone, baby, gone. Uh, Fletch. Uh, Wait, Fletch? (laughs) That's not F. F doesn't come after G. You're on H. What did he say? You're on H, doggy. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hellraiser. Um, Igby goes down. There's a call. <laughs> Jumanji. <laughs> California. Uh, Lake Placid. Mr. Mom. Night of the Living Dead. Oh. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. Um, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean what? The Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, what am I Q. on? Q. Q? Q? Uh, Quantum of Solace. <laughs> Raising Arizona. Seven. The Terminator. <laughs> I like what you did there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, U- Yuli's Gold. Uh, v for Vendetta. Waterworld. Um, uh, Xanadu. <laughs> no, you... Yes, yeah, 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 that's good. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. You've got Nail. Zodi- Zodiac, or is it The Zodiac? Zodiac. Zodiac, 
Back to A. Long game. This yeah. is me. Yep. Animal Kingdom. Breast men. <laughs> <laughs> David Schwimmer it's, classic. The oh, David Schwimmer. And Chris Cooper. Don't forget Chris Cooper. God. Breast men. Put that in the show notes now, right? Um, a cop out. Adma. Where did Kevin Smith it? There. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Flipped. <laughs> Funny how that worked out. Um, what are we on? F G G Ghost Dad. Hitch. Uh, Inception. Jack. Um, Kingdom Come. Uh. Uh, I can't believe this is happening to me on L. You're out. No. So do I have to come up with L or you're M? I am L. Oh, I wasn't ready. Uh, uh, um. Why is this happening? I know. To me right now? No, wait. So you're out. If you're questioning why it's happening to you, that means you're taking too long. No, out. no, I have, I have a movie. Good job for you, Jordan. You're up. <laughs> um, Lion in Winter. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Men in Black 2. It's just you mm. and me. Uh, my turn. Uh, Night Watch. Uh, you're yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. I have to be open. I was like, no, it can't be open. Justice. Wow, Jordan is just like sweeping all the games this week. That's like a sweep games. Okay, let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week. Next week we have The Born Legacy comes out next week. Not the, the campaign? Oh. The cam- well, the campaign comes out too, but we're going to talk about The Born Legacy. Oh. And I'm-, <laughs> 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 I- I'm looking forward to The Born Legacy. Um, just to set this up, I guess, for the sake of box office, of course, these Born movies have done quite well. That's why, you know, there are four of them. Um, the uh, the first Born movie, Born Identity, opened to $27 million. Uh, Supremacy opened to 52 million, and Ultimatum opened to 69 million. Uh, so now we have, you know, the Born Legacy, new star, no Matt Damon, but still part of the franchise. What do you guys think it's going to do next week, Jordan? Um, oh geez. Um, I'll go. You're out. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say second place with uh, 20. No. Okay, no, first place with 30. Uh, Alan? First place, 34. Oh, screw you. I like your confidence. Abe? Yeah, I'm going to say first place, 32. Okay, and I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go first place with, like, 42. How about that? Just jump 10 over. Boom. You're going to lose. Well, (laughs) you. People like Hawkeye. Okay, so yeah, that's what we'll I guess we'll see next week what happens with the Born Legacy. Um, and yeah, that's well, that's it for this week. That's it for Out Now, Farron and Abe this week. You can find more of my work at uh, per, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at ysablue.com for my various Blu-ray reviews, as well as the other movie reviews. Uh, you can also find me at Twitter, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, twoanimalswalrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Jordan. You can go to uh, damndirtyblog.blogspot.com. And if you're in Sonoma County, you can come to Petaluma this Thursday and watch me do comedy at the Phoenix Theater. That's awesome. Yeah. You doing comedy at the Phoenix Theater this Thursday? Yeah. Uh, we're driving up. Come. I'm go- I'm- I'll be in San Francisco next weekend anyway. I'm coming. <laughs> Alan? 
You can find me not doing comedy everywhere. And you can find me on Twitter at MrDVD at Twitter.com. Yeah, you know how to do it. MRDVD. And other stuff will happen from there. That sounds great. <laughs> how enthused am I? Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Not Now, <laughs> the much more coherent ones, at iTunes at hhwled.com we can find our show as well as all the other shows on that network including the walking dead tv podcast and legion of dudes of course which are all shows that talk about games and tv and movies and comics and stuff it's all fun uh outnow.podomatic.com you can find most of the newest episodes and some exclusives outnowpodcast.gmail.com feel free to email us answer us ask us any other you know questions about mars movies that jordan may be a fan of or you know compliment abe on whatever you feel like complimenting on this week or, and, you know, of course we all, as I announced, we have our total recall contest as well. So, you know, email us in about your favorite Philip K. Dick novel or movie adaptation, and you could possibly win a prize. And of course, facebook.com slash out now podcast and twitter.com slash out now underscore podcast. You can follow our pages there and, you know, we'll get all the latest episodes and other news and what have you all over the place. Um, let's see. I think that's about it. Still, the Olympics are still on. I'm still, you know, seeing some, Good performances for people like Chroma DeJoyo, but until next time, so long. And goodbye. <laughs>